Hello, dear listener, and welcome to episode nine of Beyond the Studio. Can you believe it's nearly 10 episodes? And it is another really, really good conversation today with someone who I consider to be a very, very close peer, a very close friend of mine, Mr. Daniel Oliveira. Danny Oliveira, also known as DNYO, and has had an incredible run of releases on labels such as Microcastle, and is just, for me, one of the most talented producers in electronic music working today, certainly one of the most underrated. We released probably one of our strongest ever EPs on Chapter 24 back in the day with Danny, I think it was like the fifth release, Chapter 5, as we were calling them back then. And I would still play these tracks out now. I think they're absolutely phenomenal and they sound they sound really, really fresh. And they stand the test of time, which is something we talk about on the podcast, as you will hear in a moment. And it's a pretty wild ride as to how Danny and I met. You may have noticed this is a bit of a pattern now. Very strange and interesting coincidences and synchronicities that wind up with me meeting the people who I love the most in this industry and Danny is no exception where that's concerned it's a it's a great story we talk about it at length on the podcast itself so if you're watching the video version of this you may notice that uh, Danny's camera wasn't working unfortunately so if you are you going between the audio and the video versions that's why there's a very very handsome photograph of Danny in the top corner of the screen and not him moving unfortunately because you know in these post-covid lockdown pandemic times technology sometimes can be a little bit of a challenge so anyway we could hear him and that is the most important thing and here he is right now here is mr danny Oliveira. enjoy we're rolling we're rolling how are you danny i'm good my friend how are you all the better for hearing your dulcet tones <laughs> Fantastic. Nice to hear your voice, man. Oh, always, mate. Always. And, you know, I've been I've been looking forward to doing this. I mean, even though we only spoke about it in, like, you know, the last few days before we sat down to record it, I've been, like, I've got a bit of a hit list of people who I've wanted on the podcast, and, and you're, you've been one of them, predominantly because I love your whole take on everything, and I'm really looking forward to kind of picking your brains for a couple of hours but also just because we don't ever get chance to hang out oh we don't we don't it's been it's been uh quite a while actually (laughs) dude dude, if you Uh, want it to be if you want to be accurate believe it or not like it's 10 years nearly (laughs) jesus christ no is that ibiza right that's that's impossible yeah that was it right that was the last time that was the last time Jesus. And that that is a story worth telling, actually, if you were uh, if you want to do that, because like the circumstances by which you ended up in Ibiza are quite wild, from <laughs> what I remember and how it all kind of came about. Because you know, I was doing the I was doing the the competition with Coca Cola with Burn Studios and Sasha was involved and there was the big remix contest, right? Yeah. And then I think. We were talking and like, because we'd known each other online for a little while. And I said to you, like, dude, like, you need to enter this competition. Like, I have no sway in the decision whatsoever. But, like, yeah, Yeah. you need to enter this thing. And from what I remember, it was like, dude, but it closes like tomorrow. (laughs) 
Yes, it was. It, I had a few. I had like a few hours to get the whole thing. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, lo and behold, like you did something like in a massive rush of creativity and inspiration within twenty four hours, <laughs> and then was one yeah. of the winners. And then the next thing, you know, you're on a flight to Ibiza. Yeah, that was that was something. I remember. I remember having like maybe about twelve hours to 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 set everything up and, and and try to get in into the competition um I, I remember you sending an email uh giving me all the details and i uh i i completely left my studio uh i hooked up my uh my imac to uh the living room and i i had to had to switch my my i just had to switch the room i had to get out of the room um it's an energy thing i uh i do this often um i knew i'd had to i had to rush and 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 uh and try to get the best result out of this whole thing and i i just went to the living room and i hooked everything up and i told everybody in the house to just leave the house for like uh, a couple of days <laughs> i thought it was gonna take a couple of days but really i just wanted to stay alone and just try to 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 focus and bring this new energy in um and it happened it was it was pretty cool i couldn't believe i actually got it to 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 work it was it was one of those um very very crazy experiences it was awesome mm-hmm. Yeah, and then obviously, like that was a surreal moment when you got to Ibiza because even though we'd been talking for a while, we'd never met by that point. And yeah, then, we, yeah, 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 and and then that was like surreal in itself. And then the the settings of that like ridiculous villa that they had us in in like <laughs> Talamanca and all like the uh, you know the behaviour and shall we say also misbehaviour that happens in, in in there. I mean, you were there for the first week, right? I ended up, I yeah. was there for six weeks in the end. I remember, yeah. Dude, can you imagine some of the shenanigans that, that went down? Like, 2011 Ibiza, like, you know, Masio Plex, I, I can't leave you alone on Crosstown Rebels is like the record of the summer. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And there's just all kinds of wrongings coming in and out of that villa at all hours and waking <laughs> up and finding somebody else's underpants in the pool and you know yeah, just uh, just ridiculousness I, like and you, yeah. you guys you could tell it was funny because the first week was all like the proper like nerds and it was yeah it was. yeah because i remember it was like it was me obviously i was kind of delivering some stuff and then it was you ben shaw uh was there yeah ben yeah was there that's um, right yeah uh dennis was there thermal bear right yeah dennis dennis yeah i remember him yeah yeah, and it's oh. it's so funny to think like the people who were there that week, like and Kia. If you remember Kia, Kia Ferguson was there as well, and he yeah, ended up like becoming like a man. He's be- he's like one of the biggest managers in techno now. Yeah, I I heard that. Like, um, I heard I only heard about this like uh, last year. Yeah, he worked for Drum Code for years. Wow. 
Yeah, he basically worked his way up through the through the ranks, and then Dennis ended up working obviously for a number of years with Sasha. I ended Sasha, up working yeah. with Sasha as well. You know, Ben's done amazing stuff. You've done amazing stuff. So it's one of those really strange things that when you think back to that week in Ibiza, it 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 actually turned out to be the beginning of something like truly special. Yeah, it 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 turned out to be. I mark it as a, uh, a beginning of this new era. Um, I was I was really looking for um, something that would, you know, shift things and and you know in the career mode, um, it, because when you're trying too hard, sometimes, actually most of the time, when most of the times you're trying too hard, it's just. It's it's not there sometimes, you know. It just doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, this this thing was uh, was special. Um, I remember that most of the time that we were there, there was uh, it wasn't it wasn't just you know everybody's in Ibiza and uh, this whole glamourish sort of vibe all over the place and it, 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 to me it was more of a of a reunion of uh, a lot of new friendships and um just it was very remarkable you know it was it was pretty awesome it yeah it was very cool yeah it was it was a real coming together of some that week was a real coming together of some incredible artists yeah on on the side of the people who ran, who won the competition like you know it, it it's always it's always good when you get a group of people like that who are so kind of like on the same page and so like-minded and yeah, it's a fantastic thing. It really is. And, and again, like even like the guy who won it, like, cause it was like Castus Tarau and Honest D and that, those like yeah. really good Lithuanian guys. Like they would they, like, he was the one who won it. And then he went on and did that collab with Sasha and stuff. So it's it, again, like just incredibly special times. And then for me on a personal level, it was massive as well, like, because even for me being on the side of the organizer, like, there was quite a lot of, like, reflected glory on my side as well, which kind of elevated me and jumped me off to the next stage of my career. So, you know, I'll, I'll always cherish those uh, weird and wonderful times in that villa. Yeah, yes, I have. I, I've, I was rolling through, um, I was rolling through uh, some old backup uh hard drives that i have i found some footage from uh from that week um some really funny stuff on those videos i oh, uh, I, yeah yeah I'll, I'll send it over to you really funny stuff i i remember uh, grabbing a few things from from us uh I, talking at at uh, henry's studio remember when we went up to henry's studio oh dude like the, the video of that is still on youtube i'll put the uh i'll put the link in the description for the show because yeah. oh, man i mean and, and again that was the kickoff point of mine and henry's friendship and you know yeah. every time i'm in ibiza i go up to henry's and we shoot the shit so and guy, what a guy man and you know the yeah. the, the vibe that Sonic Vista Studios has is just incredible. Yeah. Like in in yeah. later years after after we first went up there, because actually that was the first time I met Henry, and we've mm-hmm. ended up doing like master classes together. We've hung out in like Holland and Belgium and all these different places. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, 
I've actually went and like kind of stayed there and really spent some quality time with him. And you know, he's he's become one of like a real, really dear. I mean, I say this. This is probably going to be a running joke on this podcast. Everyone I talk to, everyone I talk about, it's like a mate or a friend or a really dear colleague or something. But that, but that's the truth. It's like you know, we're so we're so lucky to meet these people through the the conduit of music. And you know, I'm not going to labour on the current as i call it the current global bastard like you know um, i'm not gonna i don't really want to go into too much depth about that because i think everyone kind of realizes like you know it's shit and you know that kind of thing but you know when you make connections with people like henry it, it really makes you realize like what you've what we're missing and what we've lost in the last year or so oh yeah very yeah that's yeah, I, I I babble a little on on that subject because, um, hey, we we've got to look at this whole thing and just sort of understand that um, it's it's a learning process and it's a big one. It's probably the biggest one in in the whole and you know in a century. Um, I don't know. I I just think that a guy like Henry, um, who you meet you know, firsthand in the, in the new place you go for the first time. And then you end up rolling a bunch of stuff together for like years and years later. Uh, it's, uh, it's an experience to keep, uh, most, most closely as possible. A guy like that is, is always going to be there for you. I mean, um, from, from Ibiza, I, uh, I connected with, uh, many of those guys and, uh, I've I've visited them in in a few occasions, uh, traveling around uh, different countries, and mm. we hooked up and 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 we 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 uh, we went for drinks and we 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 made music together. We, we're still in contact. Uh, some of them uh, came to Brazil and and they hung out with me here. And uh, unfortunately, I mean we we. Me and you, we just haven't uh, been able to, to to actually get this going after a while. I mean, it's been almost uh, ten years for for real. I know, yeah. right? I know, I know. It's crazy, and I realized I've just remembered there was another guy there, Ryan Davis. He went on to oh, like yeah, was releasing yeah, on like yeah. Traum and yeah, Anjuna yeah, Deep yeah, and yeah. stuff. He was there, yeah. you know. It yeah, was Ryan? just so yeah. like yeah. you know. The more you remember the people who were there, the more crazy yeah. the talent yeah. level you've realized yeah, was I, there mom i i i actually caught with ryan i caught up with ryan and and uh in beirut um i think it was like uh i think it was uh, uh 20 i think it was in 2013 2014 i, I think um yeah we we played uh, uh i think a couple of gigs together over in beirut um it was it was nice. We uh, we had this this the same nostalgic moment that we're having right now. We had it over there, but mm. it was obviously a little smaller because <laughs> it's been a long time. But yeah, these things are to keep, man. Yeah, totally, totally, one hundred percent. And 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 even though you know we've not been able to hook it up since, like you know we've kept in touch and you know yeah. we we've kept it solid. And you know I still consider you to be to be a brother so it's all good uh, i uh, i got you here too 
you know. Um, we tried though. I mean, we tried many times. Uh, the last time we tried was oh last year. Like you very nearly ended up at ADE, right? Or the year before, yeah. 2019. Yeah, I was, I was gonna get out of India, go go see you guys, and then go back to India. And you got and you we before this um, call, we had a call, and, and mm-hmm. before this call, I remember we had another call, and you told me, Danny, listen. We talked about um, nightlife and not getting any sleep and and mental health, and we talked about this for hours. Mm. And and then a few months later, I'm calling him like, dude, I'm gonna leave India. And go see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back like a few hours later, and then I got a gig in, in Bangalore like three hours later. Oh, after dude, that. I mean, are you telling you me like, You were like, dude. What are you doing, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> what did we talk about, man? <laughs> I know, right? We've been through this. We've been over this once already. You had one job. You know, it's totally true. But, I mean, that wasn't for the not for the want of you being there, you know? Because, like, what that turned... And it's a shame, in a way, because that turned out to be the final ever Chapter 24 oh, party. Yeah. And, you know, if if you'd have made it for that in a reasonable time frame where I wouldn't have to have sent you back to Bangalore in a body bag, you know, because <laughs> yeah. that's what would have happened. Because, dude, like... For it, the... that, it was written, yeah, for sure. Oh, dude, that, that... I, dude but, the, I mean, I'm talking just off the back of the party itself because it got out of hand really quickly. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. Right. Yeah. Like, it was me, Rinzen, John Monkman... And yeah. uh, yeah, again, like because of travel stuff, like Brigado crew couldn't make it, but we got like, you know, we got um, uh, Daniele Di Martino and Robin Schellenberg, and it just went off, man. I think like, I think we started at like four in the afternoon. It didn't stop until four in the morning, and like by six p.m., like the bar staff were standing on top of the bar and like pouring mezcal <laughs> d- directly into people's mouths, and you know. I'm just, you know, just I've just completely lost the plot. So it would have been great to have you there, but you know, it, I think oh, yeah. with all of that it considered, like I think you'd be better off staying where you were, you know? Yeah. 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 But but this happens, dude. But it, it's as I say, like it these things are really important right now to kinda, you know, remain connected through all of this. And, you know, as I say, that story of like how you ended up in Ibiza that time is just it's too good not to tell, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was the, these, uh, the best, the best things are the, the unexpected ones. And at least for me, I, I consider these experiences the best ones. Um, and that, that sort of mentality reflects a lot in the music I make and not just the music and, and my, my, my everyday life as well. Um, I try to try to find, you know, an adventure and uh, even if it's just a little tiny bit and and all sorts of things that I that I can do. So the unexpected is 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 really throughout my life it's just given me the best experiences. I mean the most at least the most memorable ones, you know. Yeah, totally. Totally. So it kind of brings you on to you know, obviously partly related to the current thing that we're all going through. Like, how do you get inspired and how do you 
you know, allow the unexpected to, you know, flow through you in a in a creative sense in the studio when everything is so predictable on a day to day level. Yeah, um, that's that's quite something. Uh, I've always I've always been into um, being locked in in four walls in a ceiling sort of. Uh, style maybe um it's 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 i'm i'm from uh sao paulo it's it used to rain a lot more back in the days and uh used to be a lot colder as well and suburban life is you know something that it 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 gives me pleasure i i i I don't have a problem staying locked in uh i guess is what i'm trying to say Mm. but um what what has helped me is uh to try and 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 realize the reality of things which um at a at a certain point you have to you have to pay attention to to what's really going on out there and put theories aside and uh and 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 try to 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 actually bring all of this into your mind and, 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 and really understand what you have to do to, to feel better. So, um, it's, it's been a process actually. It, uh, I'm not going to say it's all, it's, it's been pretty hard. No, it hasn't been hard, uh, like it has been for a lot of people, but, um, I've, I've been in here for a year now. Wow. Um, I, I, I don't think I've left the house six times uh i i haven't i haven't been in the elevator in my building uh for, you know more than six times i mean at, cer- at, at a certain point i had to go uh downstairs a few times to 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 turn the engine on the car just so it doesn't die on me and whatever happens i've got you know a car working so i can so i can get out do whatever i got to do but uh Beyond that, I don't think I've 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 left the the house uh, for this long. But um, so mainly physical activity sparks the brain, and you know every producer should know that and should should get into that uh, as quick as they can because um, when you're locked in in, in a situation like this. Um, you gotta divide the time. You gotta you gotta separate things. Being in front of a screen all the time is not safe. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. You know. So there's I've I've had the opportunity to regain a lot of my strengths that I've lost in many aspects. Um, reading books was something I was going weak uh, on for uh, quite a while. So that has that has been something else that has, you know, sparked um, uh, physical activity in the house. It's very hard uh, for, you know, for a guy who lives in Rio. I mean, you want to get out of the house when you look outside the window. It's just impossible to stay in the house all day. It's impossible. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, when you look at, at, at the world uh, out there right now and uh, – you realize you, you, you got to do your part uh, and stay in. 
Um, that I don't think we have a lot of uh, solutions, especially in Rio right now, uh, for you know for this uh, pandemic. It's we we're, we're we're on the second wave now, and it's uh, yeah, we're we're back to the high high daily numbers again. You know, it's very high. Hmm. So, um, so I, I I know people who are trying to live their lives uh, out there. Just you know, I know DJs who are also uh, from here and from other cities that just they're ignoring the whole thing. They're just um, you know trying to find a way to to keep playing and and keep spinning and um, but I just can't. I can't. I I I don't feel comfortable. Um, doesn't it doesn't revolve around what I believe, you know? Yeah, yeah, I totally get you. Very similar situation here, although it's uh, a lot easier to stay home when you've got English weather in January. <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. But you know, it, it's also quite challenging in another way because here it's the opposite kind of challenge. It's you wake up at seven a.m. It's pitch black. Like, it's nearly 5 p.m. here as we're talking. And, you know, even though you, you won't be able to see it on my camera, it still looks pretty light through the window, but it's actually, it's nearly dark. Like, you know, I mean, in sort of December, November, December, it was like going dark at like 3 o'clock, you know? Yeah. So it's it's that relentless just pitch blackness of everything. And we're on our third lockdown now. Yeah, And, you know, they're, they're talking here about, you know, not letting it up until at least the end of March. I got you. You know, yeah. and it's like, you know, we're talking any sort of normality, like even relative normality is probably not going to be until the summer here, you know. We've just been yeah. told um, well, we're going to need a, a written declaration to leave the country now. Yeah, it's I, just yeah. crazy to me, you know. It's absolutely crazy. So, you know, it's one of those things. Like, it's inspiration, as I say, can be quite hard to come by, and I've I've personally found it quite difficult on a musical level. But you know, because I'm I'm the type of person that needs, I need like novel experiences. I need meetings with interesting people. I need things that like nourish and kind of enrich my life in order to provide the juice for me to be able to write about it in the studio. So yeah. it's kind of difficult for, for somebody like me who's kind of, you know, traveled a lot, does travel a lot, and has a lifestyle that kind of, you know, revolves around those kinds of experiences to kind of all of a sudden shift uh, looking at the same four walls all day, every day. And like you're saying, yeah. you know, mostly spending your day in front of, screens because there's nothing else to do so yeah it's quite it's quite tricky man but you know it's it's interesting to see some artists kind of thrive through it and then other artists kind of not so you know yeah yeah. so i was going to say like you know are you thriving creatively through this or is it something that you're finding a little more challenging Hmm. so yeah i think this is, I, I, and I've 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 thought about this over the uh, over the months now. Um, I think the most the the thing that most really pushes me is how I how I switch to 
uh, a new energy level, mm-hmm. and and that has a lot to do with physical moving. So physical movement is is very important uh, for me for me to actually get that done. I have to actually move out of a place, go somewhere else, so I can um, thrive in in anything uh, musically. So the studio serves as a beacon, as a base, but if I'm not out there, uh, you know, uh, embracing these experiences, um, my creativity level really goes down. Um, so it's been, it's been quite difficult to actually, uh, uh, thrive, uh, musically in the studio while not being able to, to, to get out there. What, what I've, what I've been fortunate to, to, you know, to have all uh, over this uh, year and, and uh, a little more is the amount of music that I've made uh, before the pandemic. And even before the pandemic, I already had tons of stuff that I, that I just finished and ignored. Um, so for me, uh, the experience has been me checking out all of these records, all of these these tracks and ideas that I've done over the last three years, um, and maybe touching up on a few of them, maybe updating a few others, and and wrapping up a few as well. Um, but mostly, nothing really uh, creative. I, I guess because as I mean I. Telling the truth is is uh, it's quite easy in a situation like this, but um, I, I don't think uh, <clears throat> I don't think I've I've been uh, fortunate enough to find an angle where I can see a future. I, I think that has also um, stopped me from from making you know music over over the you know maybe the last eight to nine months you know uh i guess i'm looking at things and i'm like yeah okay so what are we doing here and and what's the next step and you're looking for the next step and you're looking for um some sort of connection to to uh, a resolution and i i guess i didn't i still haven't seen any and i've talked to friends and we've talked about um, producing and, and, and making music during this, this time and uh, trying to find labels and, and trying to figure out things and, and releasing, actually releasing music itself. Um, and what I get from all of them is it, the saying they got from me is like, yeah, what do we, depending on, on what you're focusing in, uh, focusing in, uh, I don't know. Some guys are focusing on, were focusing on, on making bangers and music for the dance floor. Um, when they saw this whole thing fall in front of them, they were like, okay, I mean, either I make music for people to listen at home um, and, you know, maybe some meditation music or, you know, different kind of project, go into the depths of electronica and IDM and whatever. Um or I just 
sit my ass down here and just wait, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree with you because I know my sort of focus, I mean, my focus and, and ideas and identity were kind of shifting anyway because mm-hmm. of various different projects that I'm involved with and, you know, mm-hmm. being involved in like R&D and working on developing surround sound systems for the likes of D&B Audio, that kind of like really opened up my, my world view in the last couple of years to, you know, what I could achieve. And, you know, as you know, I've, I've you know, worked a bit in the film industry and I've kind of thought that would be, you know, a long-term home for me after I was done with the dance yeah. floor. You know, obviously somebody or anybody doesn't see the... The, the deadline come forward by a good a good chunk of time due to an unforeseen circumstance. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, in, yeah. in one sense, like that's kind of, it's kind of hastened that kind of movement and that transition for me to go more into orchestral stuff, more into film music, more into music for different styles of media because that yeah. just feels like way more relevant at the minute than you know. I'm I'm all for again like the situation that you found yourself in with the music that you have completed over the last three or so years is kind of helping you to kind of traverse this time period where we're all on hold. And I yeah, definitely exactly. subscribe to that point of view of like, you know, that's what we're advising the people who are NYT AAA members, the artists who are on our books, if you will, to, you know, just keep racking music up and then hold on to it for a while see what yeah. happens and then when the appropriate moment comes then that will be the time when it's yeah. it's you know, the right time for you to kind of expose that to the world um, out, yeah. yeah exactly but you know it, it would be much easier and i was having a conversation on the phone with uh, patrice baumel yesterday and he made a very very good point which he always does uh, which is it does <laughs> it does yeah dude i mean if you haven't already like the episode of this podcast that i did with him from july yeah, last I, year I, yeah i i caught it um i was listening through it uh two nights ago mm-hmm. it was it was it was very nice it was very nice yeah but he was saying to me on the phone yesterday that you know these things would be much easier to manage internally as well as everything else if we had like a, an understanding of where it was going to end you know where where the the, yeah. the light was coming at the end of the tunnel because at the moment it just yeah. feels like completely perpetual and there's absolutely no clear route out of this yeah. at the moment and yeah. that, that that is what i think is making it incredibly challenging for a number of people and you know i've spoken to a number of other artists who are feeling the same way where they've had this rush of inspiration because they've come off the road a year ago when the first wave hit and mm-hmm. they're still possibly running on the adrenaline of like being on the road all the time and mm-hmm. the novelty of like being at home and the novelty of the situation means they get really productive and then mm-hmm. after a few months, it's just died off. And, you know, other interests start to kind of take over a little bit. So, you know, yeah. it's it's tough, man. I mean, it's the toughest of situations, to say it the is. least, man. But, you know, it's sort of talking about brighter times, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast is because, 
quite frankly, I have always wanted to just sit here and just pick your brains about production because your sound makes me sick. It makes me want to retire. <laughs> like, I've said this to you on a number of occasions. It's like, you're one of the ones when I hear your music, I'm just like, I'm just going to give up. Like, this. There's just no ah, no point, can't. man. <laughs> it's gonna take me. Not give up. It's gonna take me ball and go home because there's you know that kind of I thing. I got you. No, I know. I, I know. I've I've I, yeah. Um, I've I've I felt uh, what you just said. I would say the same thing to uh, a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. I would sit in the studio and and. And, and just babble with BT, for example. I would, I would, um, I would literally say the same thing to Charlie and uh, many other guys. And, and, and in a way, they, they don't know this, but they've they've been my my biggest teachers mm. throughout my life. Um, yet uh, some of them I've only had contact with. Uh, maybe through email or not even and uh maybe they they've answered you know maybe a message on on social media that's pretty much it um but i i would say the same thing to these guys because uh they they i i knew that it was very difficult for me to actually get on 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 a plane and and try to follow these guys like a lot of people did uh, I was very young when I started, and I was coming from a background where music was uh, very different from electronic music. My father had a uh, a, a gospel. Uh, it was a gospel uh, business. Um, it was a, a a record label, a gospel record label. It was very different, but you know, uh, music was. Inside the studio, music was just getting huge. It was it, it was so technology and synthesizers and you know it, it was just so pre- predominant. It was like you would I would go in studios with my my my, my dad and um, we'd see these guys just replacing stuff. You know, oh, this is the new stuff. You know, this is this is something that we just got from Japan. You know, and. Uh, Here's some some stuff that we got from Germany, and um, that really sort of put me on the map to find these these guys because they were they were making dance music with these uh, with these huge synthesizers, and so they've been on my map for Jesus, I don't know. I think I was I was 14, 15 years old when I when I got into it wow. through. Napster, and uh, I remember Amazon was uh, it was a it was a, a web shop. It was called CDNow.com. That's where I would get the promos on on CDRs, and I'd skip school uh, more than a few times um, to to go to Samash and uh, Guitar Center. Uh, and I stay in the store for like uh, the whole the whole morning throughout the afternoon, just messing around with you know the instruments. Um, stores would be completely empty during the morning, and 
I would I would talk to the guys who would somehow they would find a way some just find like 10 minutes to to tell me how this works and how that works and save some money buy some things and take it home and then that's that's how it started Mm -hmm. and so these these guys they 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 mean a lot to me uh and most of them are really cool human beings as well Mm -hmm. so that's a plus (laughs) that's that's a plus no totally mom totally so I mean, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, my introductions are always very different. Uh, it came predominantly from DJing first, because obviously we had DJ culture, like, you know, for a while before it kind of bled out internationally. So, you know, I was learning to DJ before I had even gone to a club. And it was only, like, later on down the road did, like, the production thing, like, really sort of bite me. Uh, so you know that. Yeah, when you when it bites you, you just it's 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 like a a drug. It's it's a virus. It's probably not the best word to say right now, but <laughs> in a good way. Well, I get it, mate. I get it absolutely. Yeah, yeah it totally. It, it really is because you know once you sort of crack that open, and I always remember like you know being warned. When I first started yeah. learning production, it's like, yeah. you know, there's no going back here. Like, this is a hardwired switch. And yeah. you are going to change your relationship to the music, yeah. like, quite dramatically once you start to understand the mechanisms by which, you know, this music is made. Yeah. And that was always yeah. the fascination for me. It was like, where the hell did this music come from? And then the natural next question is, well, how the hell did he do it? Like. How- and that's exactly. just been the question I've been trying to answer for 20 years. Even yeah. like hear new records hey. now, I'm like, how the fuck same, have you done that? Same, same thing here, man. I mean, I got, I got some guys who I just try to try to go back and see what they're doing now, and I'm like, yeah, I'm never gonna get there. But you know, <laughs> it's, you know, I keep trying, whatever. Um, it's it's the same thing. I mean. It's it, you know, Paul. It's it's all about the year as well. There, I mean, mm. the way these guys hear things, I I, it's like I know my ears are gonna do certain things that Joseph and 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 whoever else comes here asking for uh, feedback on their mix. I'm like, dude, stop trying to to get this done because. You know, it's you've got a limit, so try to figure something else uh, to to actually make it worthwhile. So understanding that you have this limit is something. But then when you find some people who are like, dude, I don't, you're talking about limits. Uh, I don't, I don't understand the word limit. <laughs> exactly and, exactly yeah. i do ever remember this remember that time when richie horton came to the villa yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. the thing that he said and it's really funny because like i actually within the last year i actually met up with him again and had coffee with him in london about a year ago just before the lockdown uh yeah. it was crazy because like we hadn't seen each other since and like he re- actually he remembered me from back then uh, which was cool for a start. And yeah. one of the things he said on that masterclass was like, 
because he was doing the whole thing with the audio visual thing and the plastic man live with the cage back then yeah i remember yeah the cage yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh he, he basically said something that really stuck with me which was you know if i ask someone who i'm collaborating with whether something's possible and they say maybe in my head that means yes yes maybe is a yes exactly yeah i think the same um it's it's oh people say oh yeah but this whole mentality you know attitude bullshit stuff i'm like dude listen it's 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 way over just mentality and attitude Hmm. it's it's way more than just that it's um it's it these guys will will sit down in a studio and and you'll be happy to work with them and they'll understand maybe you know 30% of what you taught them um but knowing where this whole energy comes from and and how to actually perceive it and how to how to understand it and how to how to get it into your body and how to get it out out of your body out of your head into sound waves the best guys will always be like this these are these are the best ones these are the best guys the best guys will always know how to how to go through something how to how to feel something and translate that into sound the best way possible when you hear something and it's magical and then you go wow this this track has been on my head for years and then you know one of those opportunities where you sit down with the actual producer of that track and you ask him what about that track and then he tells you this story and oh well you know this this track happened because of this and this and this and then uh you notice there's there's this content behind the what what he was doing uh, there's you know these these things are very uh they're they're common but they're not very common uh these days mm. um i think maybe you'd have to do a selection you know of these guys and it's just magic when you when you can sit down and you probably don't know the story behind it but you know when the guy is producing he's it's like i can hear uh i can hear a sound and i can i know that there's that sound was done by someone that knows what he's doing yeah. So it's, it's we've talked about this. You you can it's like it's not just, you know, music is is uh being well produced and trendy and full of stuff, you know. It, that's it's not that. It's, it goes a little beyond. But I think this whole thing comes with um sometime uh a lot of time, a lot of investment, a lot of listening a lot of listening yeah yeah I, I, I agree and the interesting thing for me was you know working with the people i've worked with it's uh it, it's astounding to me the and i think this is my biggest problem as an artist if i'm being completely honest is i am altogether too self-aware 
Oh, yeah. Like, I'm very aware of my process. I'm, yeah. I'm like the method actor where it's like, you know, what's my motivation? You know, that kind of thing. And the, the guys that we all love, they, they don't have that. They have that little analytical piece, like, missing. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the authenticity of the moment and what they feel in the moment. And if there is, like, meaning or metaphor to that moment musically, then they will oftentimes double back and realize what it is after the method of creation or the moments of creation. Exactly. The most important aspect of it is that it is created in the first place so you can have a metaphor to play with. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, if you, yeah, if you, if you go deeper and, and you can, if you have the opportunity to actually stop and think and, this whole process becomes very quick. It, it becomes almost subconsciously. Hmm. Of course, this this whole thing takes practice. You gotta you gotta push yourself throughout. You know, uh, many years. Um, but the idea of sitting in a studio and getting this realization of 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 having. Uh, something special done uh, a, a project where you, you you consider to be special um it has to it has to come from you know from within you know it has to come from stories it has to come from pure feeling you know yeah this is this is the best way to actually translate uh what 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 you're going through what you've what you want to accomplish and it's just it's a beautiful thing yeah when it's allowed to play out naturally rather than feeling like we have to kind of force it into like a particular shape or you know mm-hmm. force the square peg into the round hole as mm-hmm. as the old saying goes and you know increasingly i've seen that a lot with with artists over the you know, recent years that you know there's a there's a motivation i've spoken about this at length on the podcast and and in other areas that you know i feel like the biggest problem that artists have in electronic music is you know for such a maverick genre that was built Mm -hmm. on innovation and it was built on us trying to find you know the sound of the future we Mm -hmm. we've become oddly conformist in a lot of ways where now we're trying to fit the model of, you know, what some famous DJ or tastemaker deems appropriate. And, you know, I I don't, I'm not, I'm not criticizing those people because they've got their tastes and that's fine. But where I think it gets a little wonky and a little bit weird is when, you know, you get people specifically making music to try and fit a particular trend, try and fit a particular Mm -hmm. aesthetic or the Mm -hmm. imagined taste of somebody Mm -hmm. that they admire rather Mm -hmm. than creating purely from that experience Mm -hmm. that you're talking about from the heart and not questioning Mm -hmm. it and allowing the authenticity to kind of flow and then think later on about well i've just created this thing i've created this artifact 
this, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to use an old Hollywood term, this MacGuffin. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're, it, it needs, we need to find an appropriate home for this rather than I am trying to machine tool or forcefully mould my creativity in order to get on a certain platform so I can live a certain lifestyle or I can, you know, say that I've done this or, Mm -hmm. you know, I can outwardly emote, you know, an ambition and say that I've achieved a goal, if you get what I mean. And it's the difference between, like, the artist, you know, that we're talking about and, you know, what Massio Plex calls, like, the artisan, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, the think about it. You go into an artisan bakery and they will basically make you a loaf of bread to order. Of like, yes. I want it to be so dimensions. I want it to have these ingredients. I want it to look like this. I want it to be shaped like this. And I want to be able to pick it up tomorrow. So there's a very big difference. And I think there's a lot of artisans and there's a chronic lack of artistry at the moment. And I feel like what we're currently going through is hopefully going to herald their return to almost like a kind of a punk ethos. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like a bit more of a DIY, I'm going to forge my own path, this is my sound, and I'm also going to create a path for myself that doesn't include a lot of the the gatekeepers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be able to create a direction and create potentially a life and a revenue stream for myself that's going to mm-hmm. allow me to sustain... Uh, my current lifestyle or a slightly better lifestyle through my art so you know there's there's a there's a lot going on at the moment underneath the hood of creativity and how the whole thing kind of manifests you know may 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 god listen to you you know those are those are my those are my prayers as well (laughs) (laughs) you know i've i've been on this uh on this adventure this uh uh, I call it an adventure because it's almost like a parallel universe. I, mm. I step into it and then I, I realize I have to get myself out. That's why it's, it's sort of a, an adventure because um, I, can, I can sit in, and talk to my friends and, and, and people who, who are in the, in the industry about this subject for days and days and days to come. Yeah, I, you know, you want to, you want to get sick of something, you, you, you go to, you know, your regular, um, you know, social media or uh, digital music store and you hear all the stuff you hear. Mm. I mean, you go like, okay, how long have, have people been doing the, the, uh, um, the the uh it, it what do you call it like me too producers that, that's what patrice called it in one of his instagram <laughs> yeah, posts, that, yeah that's what patrice calls it yeah i think i caught that from the uh from the podcast yeah i was listening to that part um resonates a lot with what i think uh because somehow uh in a way i it's, it's one of it's one of my my opinion it's one of my uh my biggest problems i i 
do not, and I can't. I just can't stay in a in a. And I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call it template, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, um. I. I remember having this conversation with Mitch, uh, Mitch Alexander from Michael Castle many years ago. Um, and he would send me some some tracks for remixing. I pick one or two, and. I finish my work, I send it to him. And then after after this happened maybe three, four times, uh, he said to me, I never, I never forget this, he, he said, you know, every time I send you something, you, you send it back to me and it's completely different. And, I'm, and I thought at the time, and we're talking... Uh, 2010, 2011, 2012, something like that. Uh, and I, I, when he said that, I thought, hey, is, is this a good thing? Or, I mean, should I keep things a little bit more linear and try to incorporate, you know, slower and bring in sounds into uh, a more, uh, uh, you know, controlled environment? <laughs> and and uh, he said, nah. No, don't don't ever do that, ever. Mm. It's one of the biggest fights that I have. He said, with uh, with artists because eighty uh, percent. I remember he said exactly. He said eighty percent of these guys are going to open up the, the last project. They're going to clear a few things. They're going to go in there. And they're going to and change some of those things. Um, use the same synth uh, preset they, they've been using for the last three, four tracks that they put out. And it's one thing that's, that's, uh, it's, it's almost been this holy medicine for these producers, which I, I, I quite don't understand. And I've, I know that many opportunities have passed me because I, I've, I've received requests to, um, change not a few things but a lot of things in in a few demo submissions that i've sent throughout the years and i've said no to to like almost all of them Mm. um and then you go wow so what's the point and 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 it it just doesn't doesn't resonate with me i i feel it's it's sad because you know, you want to, like, my idea of seeing an artist grow is uh, looking at um, a rock band perspective. Uh, they've got a sound. they got a niche. They've got this sound line. It's, it's there. It's been there for, you know, three, four, five, ten albums. 10 records you know throughout you know maybe 15 years it's it's been they've changed they've gone into trendy styles they've changed into um you know adapted into technology and trends and and styles and whatever but the sound is is still the same uh you're not gonna get uh you know you're gonna you're gonna you're not gonna get another pearl jam hmm you're not gonna get another. Uh, it's it's just an electronic music. That's that's what you get mostly. Uh, you're gonna get people 
Like, I, dude, I remember, I'm going too long on this, but I, I remember, uh, I remember listening to the first, uh, melodic techno tracks uh, a few years back. Um, they weren't called melodic techno, but there was this melodic thing happening within uh, slower techno. Mm. Um, and I, I was in the studio with a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, Johnny. And we heard this uh, lead, a uh, basic mono lead uh, from a Moog, uh, Moog synthesizer. Um, just going and we were like oh look at that that's that's new like and then we we looked at each other you know it's like yeah you heard something like this before he's like nah i've that's that's interesting what what do you think that's gonna be like and then we we'd see that track grow into the charts and um we we started noticing it was it was really picking up and then this whole uh ocean of producers started doing the same thing the same the exact same thing happened with uh dead mouse hmm. yeah i remember that right i mean oh, yeah. it was he was yeah everybody wanted to do and it, and it, exactly and it wasn't even like a lot of people think it was ghosts and stuff and it wasn't it was like Facts in Berlin was <laughs> exactly. where it all yeah. started. And yeah. like don't get yeah. me wrong, like I'm not we're not trashing that record, dude. That record is sensational to this day. It is. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. Why? Because it was new. Mm. It was completely new. It was like, hey guys, this is what I do. Look what I look look at my sound. Listen to something completely out of order. Just just very different that that's the magic behind that track and mm. and what he came as you know as as a producer and and you know dj and whatever but um it, it, here's the thing uh i can understand trying to i mean i'm not gonna be a hypocrite but if if you if you want to learn technique if you want to dive deep into you know knowledge really true knowledge trying to reinterpret or copying trying to make the same effects or the, the same sound combinations and all of the all of these techniques that you can try to copy into your own stuff so you can see the result and actually learn from it is magical mm. you can do that that's that's one hell of a technique for you to actually jump your level of of um, of, of knowledge in, in the studio to a very high level, very fast, very quickly. But you maybe you want to release that and call it your own. And if you if you transform yourself and and keep on developing that sound and and you know in 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 a way where it's growing on you it's growing into the sound and it's it's actually that there's this whole life behind it like a tree like nature sure keep going but you know that's not that's not what we're talking about here mm. I mean, 
80 percent of these guys don't do don't think about this they they're uh you know they're worried about shit if i don't if i don't copy what Maceo plex is doing how the fuck am i gonna play over there how, how the fuck am i gonna get this gig mm. Mm. i mean i don't know i i'm 36 i uh i i believe there's there's still something out there for me um i don't i i haven't had a major you know breakthrough um uh, number one hit record on beatport or whatever or uh haven't had the you know track of the track of the month on bbc or whatever it hasn't happened for me but that's because i believe i haven't gotten to a level where my shit is special enough and different enough where hey this thing deserves to be spun the crap out of Hmm. you know I, I look at a few guys and I see their success as well as you do. I mean, you, we can name, you know, thousands of them right now. And, you know, but they're always behind somebody. Mm. They're always, you know, completing a list of uh, a roster or something. Um, I don't look at them as leaders, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of stuff behind being a, a a breakthrough artist, not just sound, you know. Uh, but you know, sound uh, sound has to be uh, something. It has to be really special. Not this whole Me Too stuff that you guys were talking uh, on the podcast. You and Patrice, it yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's an interesting one because. I, I kind of I agree with you on so many fronts. I agree with you with ninety nine point nine percent of that. The the one bit that I don't agree with is that you haven't hit the level to have the shit spun out of you because I've been spinning this <laughs> shit out of your records for years. And you know, I I remember clearly like you know obviously we did the the release on chapter twenty four back in sort of twenty I think it was twenty fourteen twenty fifteen something like that. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, like. I can still drop those tracks. Like I could still drop those tracks today and people will be like, what is this new thing? You know, they go, yeah, they say new thing. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, (laughs) yeah. And I literally said to someone, I dropped one of the tracks in, I think it was in Brisbane when I was DJing there in 2018 and literally like like people running up to the booth. Like it was, it was uh, Ashley Cassell opened, well, it didn't open, but he played the set before me. I played the main set. And uh, he, uh, you know, there's people running to the booth going, like, what is this? And I'm like, dude, it's five years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I know you may not have heard of the artist, and that, yeah, that's a fair thing, but it's like, you know, people were literally reacting like this was the sound of the future. And that was one of the reasons why, you know, we wanted to sign those tracks when you sent them over because they, they literally had a, a timeless quality to them and I, I believe that you know we can probably have this conversation again in 10 years and they would still capture people's imagination in the exact same way which is what i mean when i sort of jokingly say you make me want to retire because it's like a lot of me or music has that 
that richness to it it has that quality of you know this is something that is going to be an artifact which is something you could put in a time capsule and come across years later and it will still sound fresh and it'll still sound new which is why i'm so you know fascinated by your process and like what the beginning looks like and what plugins you 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 go to and you know the the story you told about you playing in that music shop at various synthesizers it's like i want to know what synth you bought first and that kind of thing you know and, and what what the setup is like today so like you know what's the what's the creative process of danny Oliveira on uh you know when you're beginning something new and you've just had that kernel of like you know inspiration like what what does it look like typically or does it look like anything typically is it different every time oh it's it there are a few yeah there are a few um different paths um but first first is this uh the way it works is I I tend to I I, I play percussion. Um I I I play the drums since I was very young. I uh most I can say honestly most of the tracks they come out of beats. Hmm. Uh, uh of maybe once or twice I will I will grab an idea from uh, melodies and, and harmonies and, and those things are going to come into my brain and I'm going to to write very melodic uh, music and uh, that that's another route that happens as well mm. uh, and but mo- most of the stuff uh, really comes from s- just starting a base a basic beat now how do you get to how do you get to the melodies and and uh, everything else that's melodic within you know just by beginning with the beat? It, that's what I'm trying to say here. Is I I have this level of synesthesia where um, I will hear something and um, I don't hear only something. I hear a lot of stuff and and. Uh, quickly translating that into colors and shapes um those colors and shapes they they have a significant uh response to to how quick i can look for something for an element uh how quickly i can look uh for uh, uh, timber and 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 find uh, a square suit or sine wave and and I know it's going to work in there, um, but uh, beats usually end up uh, these days. Beats usually, when when they're the starting point, they usually end up uh, turning, giving me like the techiest tracks I make. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's also this 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 whole thing that's been part of probably part of your life as well um that i've been i've been studying a lot actually um where you you have references and you know music from your childhood and melodies unforgotten within your brain Mm. and uh 
in a way, you wake up one day and, like, you know, you go make some coffee and a, a version of that comes into you, you know, plays in your head and and you go, oh, this is pretty cool. So, right, it's it's instant. I, you know, I take my phone out and um, I go to my voice uh, recorder and I record. I. I got thousands of ideas on my phone, um, just voice memos, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'll email it to me later as well. Uh, and then I'll, I'll bring that into uh, and, and onto my uh, desktop and, and look at that and, and hear it. And then I go, okay, mate, sometimes they don't work. Sometimes I go, oh, dude, I have no idea what I was doing here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was way too Yeah, you know. Um and, but, but it, I, I, I will quickly bring that into, uh, into my desktop and, and take a look at it. And, and if, if it's there, um, I'll develop it further. Uh, but the, the beats, um, the beats are very strong within me. Like I, it's like, I can, I can start with a kick drum and, uh, it will easily go into a very, very. Uh, I like to explore depths of, you know, grooves. Really explore the groove within itself. Just really try different things. I'm Brazilian. Uh, I got a lot of rhythm um, because of because of being a Brazilian. I think uh, there's there's just endless and endless ways to translate groove into actual groove it's just um there's there's just so much so many uh, um projects bands and uh the catalog here is uh, incredible um i i i'm always listening to you know um very old records from the 40s the 50s uh there's there's just a lot of different ideas out there recorded it's it's kind of special because um it it will give me uh in a way it will give me an idea of of you know trying try to be a little different and maybe settle for something that doesn't exist out there that's also negative as well because um you're satisfying your own ego in a way and you're exploring something new and it's it's awesome for you to listen at home and and then you want to play that track and and uh you can play it but other people might might say you know they might say no but um there's there's a lot of there's a lot to process when you when when i start uh, music today it wasn't like this before mm-hmm. um and i wish i wish i could go back to to a few years back and, and just make music for um for making music but i i feel like i i don't i don't i'm not gonna be doing this uh so much right now um and 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 i'm happy with that right now so mm-hmm. um i i feel like uh if I'm gonna, I'm, if I'm gonna start something from scratch, there's going to be a very str- a strong focus point on that, on that track, 
um, I, I'm going to have to sit and make it and, and know where it's going and, 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 and why am I putting six hours into it? It's, it's very different from what I, from how I used to approach uh, music, uh, a few years back. Is that but, due to yeah. an industrial pressure? Like a pressure to kind of have music ready for particular labels? Or is it just purely a, a personal thing of before I decide to invest in this, I need to know it's at a certain point? Uh, yeah, I think I'm at a point where I've decided to, to make music... Uh, in two different forms uh, there, there are two different form factors for me now i will i will sit here and make music for myself and uh i by saying myself i'm saying i people who listen to my my to to my music they're going to to accept it and, and like it and there's there's going to be a future for it I, but it's uh, it's it's on a smaller uh, a smaller range uh, of of access, accessibility, accessibility, like uh, the reachability of that is very, it's very small compared to when you're, when when you're when I'm actually thinking about the the second form factor, which is having a focus point, mm. which makes makes a lot of difference, and it doesn't mean, and here's the catch, it doesn't mean. Um, I'm going to make something that sounds uh, very alike this guy. Like, like we talked about earlier. Mm. Um, it just means you're, you're being smart. I mean, I'm talking about uh, connecting to a label, knowing what the label likes, knowing the people that follow the label, knowing if if there is a possibility for you to be part of that family in a way, not just virtually, but physically, mm. um, n knowing, knowing exactly how you can accomplish all of these things and actually finding yourself within that circle musically, mm. because that music, that music is going to do all of that. It's going to connect you into that, to all of this, 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 this new, you know, Package, yeah. This whole world, this whole yeah. World. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's an authentic thing rather than something forced, right? Yes. 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 It's it's authentic. It's being completely authentic. It's 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 like okay, I it's like you send an email to. I'll give you an example. Um, I did that with a friend of mine. He's always been a friend. He's always been a friend. Um, but he, he grew a lot, uh, with, with his label and I've always wanted to sign something, but I always told myself, um, I'm going to start applying this new, I, this new wave of, of working with my music. And this, this form factor is very important for me. So I decided to, to use it with, with, uh, this, this label, this friend of mine. And I went into his world and I, uh, I asked him everything that I needed and um, he wanted to work with me. So I already had that. So um, uh, I gave him music 
to sign that really connected to everything that that is available within his circle so the music i sign with this label is is music that people will listen when he plays on his gigs um it's the music that you know his followers on social media will go for it's music that resonates with everything everything that you know surrounds him his label his life everything so um and it's my sound so that was that was a catch it's like i didn't it's like i know some people trying to get signed out there and i get an email from from the uh, the r&r guy the guy the guy, the guy says hey listen uh you got to change this got to change that and uh, it's not gonna work you know so that was the first time i actually um paid a hundred percent attention to this and and it it worked very well because um the result was 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 amazing i had um uh his the the the, the label the you know, every everybody around that idea, the circle, everybody came asking about my music and how I was making that and how they could hear more. And when was I going to play there? And when was I going to be there physically, meet them, take pictures or um, play for them? And are you coming to visit us? And uh, so... That has worked for me as an experience. Um, it has it has shown me that it it uh, it really works. It, it's really something you know. Uh, I th- I thought it wasn't going to work so much, but um, you read a lot, right? I mean, you can't just you know ignore uh, knowledge. It's free. It's out there. You know, listen to the podcasts, people. <laughs> yeah especially this one right <laughs> yes 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 yeah so it's it, it worked man i mean so you know uh yeah there's there's that you know it's 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 pretty special and it, and it works it's it's i never thought it, it would but it does it does i mean that's a really interesting insight into your process on like an almost like a kind of an esoteric or quite sort of metaphysical level and uh i wanted to know at a more sort of technical level like what does the what does the toolbox look like in terms of like daw synths hardware plugins like what's the what's the current weaponry looking like um, few few toys. Uh, uh, I I kept my favorite ones. Um, I will literally stay in front of a virus TI for days. Um, basically because I can I can do whatever I want with that thing. Um, the one thing that I can't do with that, with the with the uh, virus, is uh, I'm just, I, I can't really ever like the filter. So mm. I'll go to my I'll go to the Moog, um, 
I've got an 86 RME. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's quite beefy. Um, it's very old. Uh, it, it, it's like an old dog. Um, but it's, 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 it's a very special, special kit. Um, the filter is out of this world. It's just bonkers. Uh, yeah, I agree so, with you on the virus. Like the, the one thing out of all the unbelievable things you can do with a virus, the filter is the one thing that kind of lets it down a little bit. Yeah. But, but, I mean, you, you, you think they would, I, I'm not expecting and never did, but, um, there, there's just way too many um, positive things about the virus to worry about the filters. But, you know, it's you're, you're looking for different things in, in production. You're looking for different sparkles and um, filters, not one of them in the virus. But then if you if you got a Moog um, or some sort of uh, of a very mechanical, very modular uh, stuff you can you can actually get some very good filters on those. So the Moog gets the Moog gets the base and the filter part completely for me. Um, I haven't found. I, I mean, there are a few out there, but um, you would have to go into modular. And I've I've been there um, and I gave up. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe when I become you know very old and I you know I. I'll, I'll sit around for you know hours and days to come and 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 start my whole mod- modular adventure again. Uh, I've got an Oberheim. Nice. Uh, it's as old as the Moog, um, and it's uh, just magic. I I I I like to to go in into those those sounds. They're very uh, pads and and very beefy uh, uh, polyphonic sounds are come from those from, from that synth um, I've also uh, I've got a D50 um, which is, is very special sometimes it does some very quirky things I think it's a circuit problem I've I've taken it to uh, a few places and they can't they they don't know what it is <laughs> so sometimes i'm i'm in the middle of uh you know uh, recording something and it um it does this weird pitch thing where um you it's almost sort of like an effect like a, a post process mm. but within the within the synth the preset you're and it's not that i'm nothing i don't think i found anything that activates the 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 glitch um it just happens out of you know nowhere Uh, and it's it's been uh it's been quite something because i've 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 actually learned how to how to make that quirkiness sound uh usable on 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 the tracks but i i yeah i i i do like the idea to 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 bring these um uh, these old synthesizers um, and process them in a way where you can you can hear them today. You know where they're coming from, and you can you know if you're a synth guy, because I've been around these uh, for, for quite a while. Um, but you know I'm not I'm not looking 
to making music uh, based on themes from the 80s or mm. or 70s or stuff like that. No, if if that happens, cool. Okay, cool. It happens, but it's I I really love one of the most things that I one of one of the things that I most love in a studio is uh, the process of of grabbing these old synths and doing something twisted to them. You know it. it gets me fired up instantly you know? mm. it's really interesting it reminds me of what brian eno was saying when he was at central st martin's art college and everybody would laugh at him because he would buy loads and loads of these broken tape machines that nobody wanted mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. his answer to them was always well it's this tape machine in particular is broken in a very highly specific way so therefore <laughs> it is the only tape machine in existence or the only th- item in yes. human existence that can create this kind of sound and exactly. if you learn to manipulate that then it's incredibly special and it reminds me of like uh there's a, a really uh, great he's a former student of mine he's a guy called george evans and uh big up to george if he's listening like just a great guy and you know, went off to college, did like music production, was is incredible, and he's into like the whole circuit bending thing. And I remember one uh-huh. day he bought nice. it, he bought to to my studio. He brought uh, it was like an old, I want to say it was like an old like Yamaha, you know, proper weird, um, like one of the kind of keyboards you'd get an eight year old if they were like you know learning to play piano and shit. Uh-huh. like one of those like a casio yeah it was yeah. like yeah, it was, yeah in fact it was it was a casio and okay and basically he got it off someone on ebay who had like circuit bent the shit out of it and <laughs> honestly like you want to hear that like i think i've still got an ableton session with it on somewhere it's actually triggered my mind to go back through them because oh, the, nice. the glitch work this thing would come out with and we paired it with uh uh one of those dupfer hardware step sequences oh. Okay. Um, yeah. dude, that that was in that was a that was a day gone. Oh man. Yeah, I that was the, that was uh it was a problem for uh, my relationships. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. We all know what you mean. That, just leave it at relationships. <laughs> yeah, just leave it there. Um yeah. Not not actually going to go beyond this. Uh but I this is the this is the stuff I I enjoy the most. Um, yeah, I like to record and create these presets and these sounds out of raw, raw, you know, presets um, and make my own, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that, it's kind of an ego thing, but, you know, maybe maybe if it really sounds different from what you're getting, the source, you know, maybe you keep that and, and evolve. But processing is my shit i like to go in there and get twisted completely mm-hmm. that's that's where i live the most um so mo- most of the uh m- most of where i stay is is post-processing it sits it affects um is is a game i really like to play uh um uh th- there i've got i've got a I've got a 909, which is broken at the time. Um, uh, it's, it's just too bad because um, 
it's it's been in this situation before um and i i haven't been just you know pandemic i can't do anything about it um i wish i could because it's 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 an instant trigger for me oh there's um, i can imagine i can imagine yeah. i've had i've had a, I had a really interesting experience with the 909 and of and yeah. of all people for me to have the experience with it was arthur baker Oh yeah. So, so he <laughs> yeah, did this. Well, listen to this. Like there was uh, <laughs> about twenty. I want to say twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, something like that. There was uh, a party that Seth Chocla put on at Tobacco Dock in London, which is called Acid Future, and they put it on on eight oh eight day, like the eighth of August, right? And. Arthur asked me to help him on a technical level because they needed to put together this like rig of Roland gear. So him and the Martinez brothers could do like a live analog jam at the gig, like in front yeah. of like God knows how many thousand people. Okay. And basically we, uh, you know, one of those harebrained things, 24 hours notice, you know, no sleep, all of that stuff. And eventually, I end up getting the whole thing. Like, I'm talking hardware, old school, 808, 909, 707. Talking in complete sync with all the new Roland era stuff and machine. Oh, okay. Like that, yeah. yeah so it's, you can imagine, like, yeah. did, but you can imagine, like, my heart was in my mouth because we barely got it set up <laughs> at Arthur's house. And then we had to transfer the thing to Tobacco Dock and then set the thing up exactly as it was on stage at Tobacco Dock, as it was at Arthur's, and then soundcheck the thing. But what was really interesting, it wasn't apparent until we got to Tobacco Dock that we had drum sequences playing on both the Era TR-8 and the old school 808 and 909. Yeah. Dude, this is okay. not even a competition. <laughs> like yeah. the the original units just bury the errors. Like I mean, it is it's yeah. just it's embarrassing. I mean, you could even hear it in an empty empty arena. Yeah. Yeah. It was just yeah. you know ridiculous, and even like no matter no amount of overdrive or analog distortion pedals we put on the TR8, it was like. Nah, and that's when I realised nah. the errors, whilst they're good and they're fun, they are effectively like glorified samplers. They are, they are, truly, yeah. I've I've given up like uh, a few, a few things I had in the studio for the for this nine and nine, um, and I I actually bought it uh, broken. I it was it was it was uh, it was a one. Uh, it was it was a it was a very weird situation when the guy was uh, moving moving to uh, to the UK and um, he he needed to get rid of this because it was giving him way too many problems and he couldn't keep up with the bills because uh, six to six months you would have to send it over to maintenance and I was like you're sending to the wrong guy. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, this guy is probably doing something very weird to, to, to the drum machine because I've never heard of anything like that before. 
And he's like, yeah, but, you know, I'm not not really a fan. I, I want to get an 808, and I like the 808 a little bit more. So uh, if you want to buy it, it's, you know, it's the price of a car, and it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, hell yeah, give me a... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to give me a discount because it's broken, you know, but, but I'll, yeah, I had to get rid of a few things to get it. And um, it was, it was instant. I, I've, I've had one back in the day when I was uh, working with a few friends. We shared a studio um, and we, we, we partner up and we had a bunch of stuff. And I remember putting the 909 next to anything. And we'd laugh, just laugh. Like, yeah, it, I mean, get this out of here. It, I mean, next, you know, who else is gonna try? <laughs> it's like, it's like Anderson Silva in the ring when he was, you know, you know, legendary. Uh -huh. like, who's next? You know, like, it sounds really beefy, man. There's something about it, uh, and maybe it's psychological, but. I don't know. It's it's like one of these old headphones that I have from uh, Sennheiser and Bayer Dynamic. The older they get, they get better. The sound mm -hmm. just I, I think it's something in the coils. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I feel the same way about monitor speakers. I, I've had my yeah. I've had my because uh, loads of people still ask me about them because they see them on videos because they look quite distinctive. You know the uh, Egg One Fifties. Yeah, and yeah. everyone asked me about them, and not only do they they look good, they obviously do, but they they sound incredible. I've had mine now for nine years, oh, wow. and they're yeah. so well played in, and like creamy. Oh, like, dude, you, dude. Yeah, I mean, like come on. I can. Is this is this something we should? I mean, like, have you? Is I've I've asked people this question many times before. Like mm -hmm. you, you. Like you go to a store and you pick up some new speakers, some some new monitors, and you you put them next to your old ones if you can, mm. and and you go, yeah, there's something different here. It's not it's not that it's it's not the smell. It's mine. The, the old ones that I have, uh, they smell even better than the new ones. <laughs> they, they just yeah, when they're bumping the, the when when they're really pumping the uh, the low frequencies. Um, I noticed that there's there's this cream mm. there. It's, it's cappuccino there. I don't know yeah, I don't. it's uh, it's all to do with cone displacement. Because like when you get like a new set of monitors, like they tend to sound a bit bright and a bit mm -hmm. brittle be, Very, because yeah, the co yes. the cones have time. You know, they need time to soften. They need to be played in. You know the the mechanism of how the cone is actually mounted in the enclosure is a is is a real factor. So over time, as that kind of like becomes a bit more ma malleable right? yeah. and it sits in a little bit more, it's like that real harshness in the top end kind of comes off, and then that's when you start getting the cream. I mean, the 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 eggs I love because I can quite happily run them without a sub. Yeah, yeah, those you can, mm -hmm. those, those yeah. you can, KRKs. Um, Not so much, right? Usually don't, yeah, they don't, they don't really need subs as well as very powerful low frequencies. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, I don't know, it's just, there's something about uh, knowing how to deal with, with your old gear. Um, 
and appreciating, understanding how they're they're aging, and and you know, uh, knowing that the the studio, the environment you're building uh, upon is just it's it's best place in the world for you. It's um just it it gets better throughout the years, and you have to really respect you know clean. You have to. Maintenance is, is is a bitch. Everybody knows that, mm-hmm. but um, I I only know uh, a few guys who are crazy about maintenance. They're very happy to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Same here. I knew a few of those guys when I was a lecturer at my audio engineering college. And don't get me wrong, you know, I've got a solid basis in electronics and stuff like that. But I always used to say to them, like, by the time you've finished counting the amount of resistors that are in this Neve channel strip, I'll have written the album. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, that that yeah. that's kind of my my take on it, really. I'm I'm happy to uh-huh. like I don't need to know how the train works to be able to get on it and get to my destination. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Like I'm, I'm yeah. that guy. I'm more interested in like where you can go with it and what you can do with it rather than how it works to an extent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd get into it, but then you know, I, I go, yeah, okay. Uh, enough of this. Let me get back to making some sounds. You know. <laughs> but that, that's um, part of the the love affair, right? That's part of the. It is. That's the price of admission, if you will. You know, and I, th- yeah. I think in a weird way, it makes you more adamant to make the most of what you have, right? Because I think it's like what I'm kind of going through at the moment, and I think there's a there's obviously there's a general malaise going on because of everything we've talked about, right? But like I'm having a real malaise regarding plugins because i'm i'm entirely in the box like i'm gonna be i'm gonna level it i'm entirely in the box and i'm i think i'm i'm coming to the end of that as a workflow because when i think back to my most incredible moments creatively or the most you know the, the peak times if you will it was when i you know, i'm sat in a studio in la with sasha and i mean you saw the pictures of the the setup like i remember yes yes we had a few video calls yeah. yeah yeah and it was like you know it was ridiculous it was like it took us a month <laughs> it took us a month yeah. just to wire it up like yeah you know before yeah. we even got anything out of it and that was before the you know the building of the modular rig of doom started like mm-hmm. the you know the the the, the wall that counted shall we say and you know this what would come out of those sessions because the the tactility and the character of the palette that oh, yeah. we built yeah. was was so there and plain to see and it's funny you mentioned about modular because like i've got quite a bit of experience with modular but not from a synthesis standpoint like mm-hmm. what what we built in la was very effects based actually like and the whole concept was to make the the send and return chain of just you know doom basically and so you could take yeah. something from say you know diva or silent yeah. or massive or whatever we were using and then pump it out of ableton pump it into various different modular patches and then run it back in and then either 
use it on an actual send and return track or layer it with the original sound or indeed replace it. And yeah. and that was a that that was a big that was a big eye opener for me because that was like okay we're going down a rabbit hole here and I've no idea where it's going but I know when when we get to somewhere it's going to get interesting. I I I yeah I mean how do you what what, what do you think is what do you think is happening to you know the the other part of the story I mean how are you with with the, the soft sense to these days. I mean, I, this, this is going to really sound like hashtag, hashtag producers complaining like first world problems. <laughs> okay. But I, I have like an overabundance of choice. Yeah. And that that's yeah. a real problem. And, you know, there's things that I really like and there's things that I've bought in the last year that I really love. Like there's some incredible instruments out there. You know, I love pigments. I love cycles the the thing that came out for contact which is just ludicrously yeah. good like that's one of my favorite things yeah, yeah the slate and ash thing is is incredible their other thing auras is great as well but i think it's much easier in a completely virtualized environment to get stuck in a rut yeah that's my point yeah that's what i'm sure that's that's where i was going i've it's you know what are you gonna do? I mean, uh, if you can, if you if, if there is a way for people to producer can sit in the studio and use uh, you know virtually these the software some yeah that they're going to give you some some, uh, some very create creative results, but the um, there's something about uh, also there's, there's this you know the, the physical part where you you know you're you're actually moving your body and there's there's feeling behind that there's there's movement there's rhythm it, it music music production has to dude I have to get off my chair in, in 20 minutes if I don't get off my chair in 20 minutes with some idea uh, I'll stop hmm. I mean I've I've got. I used to have a couch in the studio. I don't anymore. Mm. Um, I took it out, so I've got like three feet behind me, three to four feet extra behind me, and I can, I can get up, my feet turn turn the volume up, and just dance a little, um, and you know, just try to find my uh, my common. Uh, it, it's to me, it's common sense. Um, Sometimes when I'm in front of a, a virtual instrument, uh, I love them. I do. I have my favorites. Um, uh, but I don't know. I, I was reading something about uh, this company. I forgot the name now. Damn. Uh, free free marketing for them. It's too bad. I just forgot the name. They were uh, they started making these controllers for these uh, these uh, soft sense. Mm -hmm very individual controllers for each different uh, soft synth. So uh, they look exactly like the, uh, the software. Um, and they just USB plug and play. Uh, just map it. and They got scripts, so you can just install the script and everything maps out. It's a good idea. I mean, a lot of people go, yeah, why would you do that? Well, I, you know what? If, if there was 
Uh, I, I believe there is actually, uh, but it's from another company. I think this guy started first. Um, he he created this uh, controller for uh, Yuhi's uh, Yuhi's Repro. Um, the Repro One and the Repro Five. That will you know, big favorites Repro. of mine. Those two. Oh, Jesus! The what? The those one things. in particular is just stunning. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, we'll, in comparing, I mean, you can do you can watch some comparisons online. It's, I mean, it's doing ninety six percent of the whole of the real thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, Yuhi is is giant. Um, he he actually made a controller that looks like the thing and 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 he's selling and uh, i mean i'll i'll buy it because i fucking love uh repro i mean i can use it almost every day uh if i have to mm. produce music it's it's my go-to i mean those two are are phenomenal since one of them i but there's something i think when you talk about you know control and balance have a second choice i mean virtual the the virtual instrument can be your second choice um or a physical instrument can be your second choice but it's important to have that second choice so you can switch a little and 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 uh it only helps you as a musician it's just it's just better because you can you can get off your chair you can i i a lot of people talk about these guys with a rack of synthesizers on their walls to the side of the studio and they go, dude, how the hell do you get up every day and you sit in your chair, you start working and then you got to get up and go record something and then come back and sit down again and like, oh, dude, come on. That's the life I want to have for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And you know what's really interesting? And uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know whether you saw it just before Christmas. But obviously, you know, like, you know, me and I've, I've known Junkie XL for quite some time. Yeah. Dude, do you know he sold all of his gear? No. He sold almost everything. Wow. And it's really, really interesting. Literally. Literally down to, like, he kept some major bits, but everything went. Uh, and you think he's still in the process of selling it now? Like he literally <laughs> reverb.com set him up with his own store, basically, because <laughs> there's that much gear. And the thing is, like I've been to his house in person and seen it, and his main room was ludicrous, man. It was just, it was everything you could have ever wanted and a hell of a lot more. And it was really interesting because when I was there, I was like, how how does anything ever get done? Because the opportunity to get lost, because I'm not even like, I'm talking like he's got these really rare things with like the original floppy disk drives and, you know, uh, old Oberheim stuff with like, you know, the expansion cards that look like, you know, Atari game cartridges and shit. You know what I mean? And it was, I remember you called me, you said, Danny, it's not a music. It's not a studio. You said, you said the word, it's a museum. Yeah. Yeah. And it was an incredible thing. And he did incredible movies in there. You know, he did Deadpool and Mad Max and a lot of other stuff, but it was really interesting just watching him in a video. I'm going to try and get him to come on the podcast and actually talk about this, like first first hand. Is like you know, he ended up feeling completely creatively overwhelmed by it, and you know, it's that old Bob Marley song lyric that I always quote. 
And this is how I feel about my plugin folder as well, ironically. It's like, you know, in an ocean full of water, the fool is always thirsty. Yes. And it was really interesting to see him, like, move into a smaller room, cut his setup down, you know, really, like, get down to the nitty-gritty of, like, what works for him and little or no more. So I think there's definitely something to be said for that because even the most, like, ostentatious of setups can end up becoming, like, the thing that liberates you is also the thing that holds you back, right? It's like Tyler Dead and then Fight Club, isn't it? The things you own end up owning you. Yes, yes. I mean, it's got to give you peace at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I... I... To be honest, I've never had this... uh, this this crave of um, you know putting a lot of money into you know investing in instruments and, and building this this huge studio i think i think i I'd, I'd spend uh, a lot if i if if anybody out there is is interested uh, a different perspective would be to you know i i would put in a lot of money into my into my acoustics and um, I would, you know, I would put a lot of money in my feng shui, bro. Like, <laughs> I like that a lot. Because <laughs> you know? you've got to create the environment, right? The environment is like yeah. the room yeah. is an instrument, is an in and of itself, right? Of course. I mean, nobody with the shoes on in here, you know. <laughs> Everybody's shoes off. There's some, you know, there's some good spray right there if you need some. Um, uh. You know, um, but you, you know, have you doesn't have to get cranky, but you know, um, uh, there's something about white space mm. and and um, acoustics, and get yourself a, a nice a nice monitor so you can you know so you can so it's pretty. It doesn't you can buy pretty things, and but. Um, learn how to 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 use them to the max and then move on to 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 other things but i've i'm blessed um to i i think the lord and and you know the gods and everybody the nature to to know how to how to appreciate uh the little that i've that i've got here and it's and it's enough for me right now maybe one day if if I get a break, um, I'll I'll invest a little more and uh, figure you know try try different things. Mm. Maybe you know I've I've always I tried like I like we talked about before. I I, uh, I mentioned uh, modular. I I started with this uh, in in 20, 2010, 2011. Um, and they were they were very expensive at the time. They still are a little, but. Um, you know, having to go out of the country to bring them in and I would bring them in stacks and, and, uh, a lot of time would go into that. And, uh, I started to notice that I would need a lot of more time to actually master that thing, to actually make it something as, as part of my sound signature. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, I, I started to, to understand that there are similar processes in the virtual world. It doesn't sound the same, never will, but 
you can you can hook up a bunch of things in your computer and try to simulate that and make it sound really good for processing. You just have to know what tools to go for, etc. But um, it's I don't know. It's just uh, the the uh, the ambience, the vibe, the energy, all that stuff is really really important uh, mm. to. It, it, we we talked about this many times. It's the flow. Mm. It's it's got to flow. Like we gotta we gotta. I'm sure we're gonna do this one day, and I hope many 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 other days after. We'll sit together one day. We'll we'll make music, and uh, it'll be quick. Mm. I mean, we'll because we we've we've uh, we've shared you know these these approaches and these ideas and our. I think these things are are more important to me. Um, they they mean more to me than than my nine oh nine. I'm fucking kidding, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but if you go into if you go into the computer, you will find that Ableton is still the king in arrangement, mm-hmm. and it, it will always be. Doesn't matter if Apple decides to, you know, put in little, little modifications in there and stuff. Um, Logic is amazing for sound. I, uh, I run, <clears throat> I run the studio uh, with Logic. It's it's the backbone of the mixing and the mastering. But um, creative, uh, the creative brain is Ableton. It'll always be. Mm. Uh, and I've got to say, it's, it's, the version it, 11, what's coming is very special. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you get to? Did you get to see anything? Uh, what do you mean? See, I've got it. Like I've been using the beta for like two months now. Oh, Jesus, Paul, what are you doing, man? Come on, <laughs> still hook up, brother. That is very, very oh, good. Dude. And and it, there are things like it's a very typical Ableton release in that when you see they go and ah, now it can do this, you go, oh, oh that is it. <laughs> All right, and then you use it and you go, fuck me, that yeah. is the most useful yeah. thing. You know, it's very, very, very clever. I mean, it's worth the price of upgrade just for, you know, being able to fold your clips into a scale. <laughs> you know, mm, like like that, sure. that without having to do the donkey work of putting the notes in. You know, and Ooh, yeah. I've, I've got to say, out of all the major DAWs as well, their MPE mm-hmm. integration is the best by a mile. It's fantastic, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I've got a I've got a Seaboard block. Mm-hmm. and honestly yeah. like instant like straight in there you know the 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 wave table synth works phenomenally with it it's really easy from an automation standpoint even if you don't have an mpe controller you can still access those controls and map them and it's 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 an achievement it's a real achievement and then you know sure. your with your love of processing like the new spectral range of effects are going to be right up your street oh that's that's good to know i've i've already said yeah i've i've paid for the upgrade i'm just waiting for the uh for the delivery ah. um, i that's good to know man i mm. 
Yeah, all's got the hookups. Always, always, always. <laughs> well, I it's didn't, nice. I didn't get it quite the same time as I got it about a week later than everybody else mm-hmm. because uh, they. Pri- I think they prioritised the. Uh, Ableton certified trainers before anyone else, which is fair enough. Fair enough. You're going to pay the piper, then you know you're going to get you're going to get first in line, right? So, yes, it yes. is it is what it is. But um, yeah, we we've been having a lot of fun with it already, and I'm I'm a very like I've got to say, like from a stability standpoint, the beaters have actually been really stable. So that's been really cool as well. So nice. very very happy with that. But I'm jumping all over the place again, maybe because I'm looking for a change of environment. But I've definitely embraced Cubase in the last year as well, and I've really enjoyed that from a film score standpoint. And the you know the MIDI programming is fantastic in it. It's fantastic in there. Yes, 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 yes. I've been I've been I've been playing around with Cubase here for a while. Uh, um, music for um, you know commercials and TV ads and stuff like that. It's mm. Just simple stuff. But the uh, the simplicity of how the programming goes into the MIDI section is a wish. It's a wish of mine for for you know other dws to adapt for the love of god oh absolutely but yeah they're all stealing from each other in reality aren't they so i'm sure that'll happen eventually like it will it will it will yeah yeah i I think i think the uh the uh yeah these these uh these instruments are naturally evolving it's 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 a good thing we we must see i i from what you told me, I I got high expectancies of uh, for Ableton 11 for sure. Live mm. 11 is going to be something. Yeah, and if you're a, a push owner as well, there's a lot of enhancements coming for that as well. Like it, it's activated like polyphonic aftertouch as well. So that's like a really nice, neat little enhancement, which shows that you know okay. the push two is it's quite future proof in the way that they've constructed it because they can update firmware, they can obviously yeah. you know change the the graphical user interface on the screens to do whatever they want. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's amazing. We've been doing a. I've really enjoyed it recently. I've really gone back to push recently because I've been doing a course on MYT where we've really ripped it to shreds. And, you know, have the camera over the top and stuff like that. And, you know, we're about, we've just gone through the first session of actually just making an entire track from scratch using nothing but the push and touching pretty much only the push in 99% of That's cases. Exactly. Yeah. And again, like that goes back to the whole feel of like getting out the chair. And one of the great achievements of push for me is that it's made Ableton feel like an instrument. Yeah, I I had one. I had the one, and then um, uh, as soon as I got two, um, I I noticed that it was it was a uh, it was something that was going to stay for a while. You notice the difference. Mm. There is there is it's like this. It, they've made it in a way where you there's. It's like a, a nice retro mod of car. You can just implement stuff in there and mm. go bonkers. I've been using I've been using it for um, a few sessions. Uh, sometimes it's like we talked about the balance thing. Uh, you get away from you know your mouse. 
a little. A little, no, actually a lot. Just get away from the mouse and the keyboard. And, uh, just hit the record button and, and just tap your fingers. Um, it's, it, it's, it's magical. I actually got it for live performing, but um, I, I, yeah, that's another thing. I never got into uh, uh, finishing uh, the live performance uh, setup mm. because um, I was going to do the first one in India. Uh, and then um, Scott, you know, manager over there said, dude, come come as simple as you can and then, you know, leave that for the second tour. Yeah. Uh, it was going to be, that was going to be the plan. Um, I've always been interested in, in, in performing, uh, you know, something my life. Uh, but I'm talking, uh, if, if, if it's, if it's less than what kink does, then I'm not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I got you, Lon. Or, you know, like, like, uh, you know, I want, I want people to actually not see my face Mm -hmm. because I'm fucking busy performing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you'd be lucky to actually get a picture of me, uh, with, face flat like looking at you or whatever mm-hmm. is um it's been a dream of mine to actually uh, uh get get something like that done it, it'll happen um push pushes oh dude it's, it's a big tool it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty huge the spectrum of that thing is amazing no it's incredible it's incredible and i'll tell you what else has been incredible mate this conversation it's been an absolute pleasure uh, unfortunately, we've uh, ran out of time, but Fantastic. you know it shows you that two hours go by and you don't even notice. Very, you know, very quickly. Wow, very very quickly, dude. Very quickly, dude. And you know, in in the future, you know, we'll hopefully get to do one of these together in the same room. Because sure. my sure. my uh, my ambition for this is to you know eventually try and get into as many sort of physical spaces with other people as possible and uh you know we'll 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 take this further dude for sure because this has been amazing it's been a real deep dive and you know i've uh i've enjoyed every second of it brother thank you thank you no thank you for the invitation um pleasure is like i always say it's all mine uh thank you for uh for being part of the story it's it's important uh to to connect this way with uh, with other people mm. this 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 too shall pass it'll it'll go away we'll uh we'll be uh reunited in, absolutely in our bodies in the physical matter uh very soon and mm. um i hope you uh i hope you keep you gotta like i always say to you just just keep doing what you're doing man. it's 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 uh it's it's beautiful it's, it's perfect thank you mom it's it's got impact and it, it needs to it needs to keep going no i appreciate it mom amazing way to to finish it off so there you have it there is another episode of beyond the studio that is in the can so to speak and danny is just for me one of the best and brightest minds in the whole game and i'm sure you'll agree with some of the insights that he was coming out with and ideas around music production and concepts and his creative process is just absolutely fascinating and it really explains just how 
dense and textured and how wonderful his creative process is and you can hear that in the final product and i think that really does speak to the timelessness of his music and i know for a fact i'll be listening and hopefully playing his records for a long time to come so that's going to do it for today and if you want more content like this you can subscribe to our youtube channel yes indeed we have a youtube channel you probably know about it already but i'm going to tell you about it again anyway so we are probably just over now the 6,000 subscriber mark hopefully and we're hopefully heading towards 10,000 which is our next target so if you want to help us out to get to that target and also enjoy video versions of beyond the studio which are right up there in one nice easy and convenient playlist for your viewing pleasure you can head over to youtube.com forward slash make your transition and you can do what all those youtubers encourage you to do out there god i'm so down with the kids these days you can hit like you can subscribe you can share it with your friends you can leave a comment really helps us with the algorithm apparently god i sound like one of those influencers god help me anyway if you are so minded to do that that would be very much appreciated and again if you haven't uh, subscribed on spotify or on apple podcasts or anywhere else that you enjoy your podcast please do so it definitely does help us and again if you're on apple why not re- leave us a review leave us a nice little five star review and you know say some kind words about us because it does help us get up the charts anyway next week is a bit of a twist on uh, beyond the studio because it's going to be a little bit of a solo effort it is going to be me for an extended period of time so i really do hope you like the sound of my voice and it's going to be r- around the concept of overcoming the fear of failure this is something i spoke about a long time ago on the platform and i think it's a really really important topic that i think deserves to be heard on a wider and more public level so i'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week make sure you are safe make sure you are sound and i shall speak to you next week much love see you later goodbye